outside. Jeff Smith, he didn't get there. Fumbles the football. Oklahoma takes over. And we're back. Welcome to the Inside OU Podcast, everybody. The the free one. Uh, I mean, actually, this is just from now on going to be called the Inside OU Podcast because the Patreon thing, Keegan and I still do it. It's still our thing, but it's just not called Inside OU uh, anymore. So I'm no longer going to refer to this as the free one. So the patrons already know about it, uh, but we changed the name to the Inside OU. What essentially it was started off keegan as the post game show um we're in the off season now there are no post games but that's what it was still called uh we've now changed the name to through the keyhole so it's the same patreon page just to put a different patreon uh url so it's patreon.com forward slash through the keyhole all one word lowercase words or lowercase letters so that's that shout out to our patrons and of course shout out to our regular listeners listening to this one so uh Keegan, how are you doing on this lovely, lovely Thursday? And I'll just go ahead and let everybody know. Uh, we're not at Vanessa, obviously, but we're there in spirits. I'm in Colorado, and Keegan is in Edmond Heights. How are you doing, man? Not Edmond Heights, as, as we've discussed. However, You're doing good. It's, it's a Chateau de Renault, right? Yes. I'm doing yeah. good, though. Doing, uh, been a little frantic didn't have a phone for a whole day yesterday so that was fun having to get all my work done in a different capacity um yeah it's how hard is it to be a gen zer without a phone that's all you've ever known yeah it was kind of nice like i'm not gonna lie like i literally just got my work done like from a communication standpoint all over my computer and it's like wow people actually can still go to offices and get work done you know like this is how they do it um However, regardless, been good. It's kind of, you left and it's nice, like super nice out tonight. Like lower, like low seventies, upper sixties, Trust kind of spring-like weather. The irony is not lost on me that, you know, I, I think I've said it on this podcast a handful of times. I don't like cold weather. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, it's not lost on me that the second Oklahoma turns into 70 degree weather every day, which uh, yesterday was fantastic. But the second we get spring weather. I'm, I'm just like, well, I guess I'll go to Colorado where it's, you know, snowy and cold. I mean, this isn't going to do anybody any favors listening, but Keegan can tell through the window, there's just snow everywhere. So that's my situation, but I'll be here until Sunday. So we'll be back for the through the keyhole podcast on Tuesday for our patrons. And then we will be back next Thursday at Vanessa house, which I uh, need to do some housekeeping for our good friends at Vanessa house. They've got a new logger drop in tomorrow. Uh, Keegan, I know you're a big logger guy, so you might actually want to try this the uh, uh, next time we're actually in the uh, tap room. It's called the Land Party. Uh, mm-hmm. It's on their Instagram. Looks pretty tasty. I'm going to assume that it is. Um, I've actually, I don't think I've really ever tried any of their loggers. I don't. I think it's just because when I go to breweries, I just want to try something that isn't that doesn't seem very normal to me. Even though I always get the same crap, I always get the destination wedding. I always get, like, if I get a sour, I get the same one. So I, I try to pretend like I'm hip with the, the brews or whatever. But at the end of the day, I'm just a basic bitch. <laughs> I mean, I'm a big fan of, like, cervezas, lagers. Yeah, I guess the best way to put it. As well as, you know, it's funny. We call it cerveza, but that's just really beer, you know. Like, that's kind of weird. That's I don't know what cerveza means, though. Like, I think scholars maintained the translation for lost i think it's just beer 
I think that's. I think it just means beer, right? I think it just means Saint Diego, actually. Saint. Oh, okay. So it's a uh, whales, a whales vagina. Whales. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, no, but I, I'm a big fan of light beers. I wish I was having a beer tonight, or probably don't need to have a slush fund again while I'm doing a podcast. However, that, I think that, it came out. That was fun. I think it, it came out pretty great last week uh well i mean we don't need to get that far into your personal life you know i don't really want to know how it came out but i, I the podcast sounded great <laughs> it's gonna be one of those pods huh well i mean remember I, listeners brady is in colorado gotta remember that well i don't here i'll just tell nah. you right now, i don't i don't smoke weed or do the edibles or anything like that i'm way too paranoid as people that listen to this podcast should understand with my crazy ranting my ramblings of a crazy man I don't know if I can handle, uh, I mean, I, I know this for a fact I've tried before and I've either had zero reaction to it or I've had a two hour spout where I thought I was going to stop breathing and die. So I don't know <laughs> what you're talking. I, I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. So it's okay. Which, um, unrelated note, I want to give a shout out to a listener of ours, uh, Tyler Rayburn. You're the best. Um, I am drinking a, a Founders. Uh, let's sit, see. I'm drinking a Founders Centennial IPA. It's a India Pale Ale. Very, very good. But also, one more thing about Vanessa House. Other than them all being very beautiful, sexy individuals that know how to make their beers, uh, they're also canning their Hexo Cooler Sour. Which, if you've been around the tap room around Vanessa House over the last few months, going back to around November, December, they had all their sours. They weren't canned at the time, but their Hexo Cooler was really popular. It was green, uh, had the, uh, I've never seen Ghostbusters. Like everyone can like, you can go ahead and scream at me because whenever I say that people get mad, but I've never seen Ghostbusters, but that little green ghost guy, that's like the, it's the logo or whatever for the Hexo Cooler beer. And uh, they're getting that out uh, just in time for St. Patrick's Day, which is less than two weeks away. I'm excited. Keegan, do you have any big, you have any big uh, St. Patrick's Day memories, like maybe around O'Connell's? No, I, I have. I can tell you this: in my 24 years, Brady, I have never celebrated St. Patrick's Day. What is it with you? Like, do you have something against the Irish? I mean, I shouldn't, right? I mean, because you know? of the red hair. Yeah, I think like you could, probably you could, part of my heritage. You can appropriate and dress like a re- leprechaun and get away with it. Yeah, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. But I I think that like I just don't know why I have no need to go celebrate St. Patty's Day. You just you know? don't like you don't like having fun with your community and your fellow man. I mean, I wouldn't say that. I just don't think that I don't understand why I need to go celebrate St. Patty's Day. You know, like why why what does this have relation to me, Brady? Explain that. I mean, I I celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayo. Uh, because it's a fun day to go out and drink with your good friends and go get some margaritas but it's also it's also nice to uh show some support for our uh our mexican friends so while i understand that not yeah it's mexican independence day right no i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i know it's not i know i know okay okay was i thought that'd be pretty good i was gonna see what your reaction was gonna be (laughs) we don't need to to bore the listeners with the history lesson but uh yeah you you can you don't have you don't have to be irish to to have fun and appreciate saint Patrick's. you don't have to be you don't have to be in love and appreciate valentine's day keegan Uh, yeah i know i get gifts for myself you're right i love myself you go get those uh heart-shaped uh 
uh, chocolate boxes and you go sit on that couch you're sitting on right now and you just eat it and cry. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. I, you know, I have other, Are you, like, no, you know, actually, I get, I get other flowers if you know what I mean. No, actually you just eat that on your couch and then break down some film because that's because, you know, you just work hard. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily put it, put it that way, but I, I will say when the time comes, I will celebrate myself on Valentine's day. You know, oh, just... so we're going to get that. We're going to get that vulgar. Oh, Here. no, I'm kidding. Uh, we don't need to talk about celebrating yourself on Valentine's Day. One last question, though, Keegan. <laughs> uh, you know, when, when that time comes, when you get that special somebody, uh, what if that special somebody is like, Keegan, stop breaking down film and come hang out and watch uh, Marley and me with me? What are you going to do? You're going to be like, nah, like the grind don't stop for nobody. Depends. It depends on what time of the day. Like if it's a like seven o'clock, eight o'clock conversation, like that may, that may be wrong. Um, like that may not happen. I wouldn't be down, but we, maybe nine o'clock, 10 o'clock. Yeah. I can simmer down for the next hour. I can get my work done. Ugh. Watch a little bit of Netflix, you know, wink, been, wink, nudge, nudge. There you go. I, I have, uh, I've been so busy the last 24 hours. I'm just, I, I can't wait to uh, get this podcast in and out up for everybody's listening pleasure so yeah and get the hell away i'm not even going to contact you for three days why not that's i mean i like to i like to talk to you yeah 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 anyway shout out to vanessa house again we're not there tonight but we're there in spirit um i love everybody there Um, they're all like i said sexy beautiful individuals and uh you honestly need to go try it out if you have it it's on broadway nate oklahoma city uh, if you haven't and you still listen to this podcast, trust me, I will find out. I look at the numbers every day. <laughs> I know where you all live, all 400 million of you, and I will hunt you down one by one. So uh, just fair, fair warning. And I also wanted to say thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Last week, uh, Keegan, I asked uh, our listeners for some new ratings and reviews mainly on Apple Podcasts because I don't think Spotify does it. I think Google Play, you can um leave ratings or reviews or whatever but mainly what i was talking about was apple because at the time we had 88 or 87 reviews and i'm like hey let's try to get to 100 and we've got i think six or seven over the last week and so just wanted to tell you all thank you very much for listening to that and not fast forwarding through it and then taking the time out of your day to uh help us out because you know giving us a five-star review or giving us some helpful advice or just saying what you like about the show that does help uh, get the word out about this podcast that Keegan and I love doing. So yeah, we know it's the doldrums of the winter to spring off season, but we're getting dangerously close Keegan to spring football. So content's going to start ramping up. News is going to start pouring out. Uh, they're, they're lifting weights, hashtag uh, all gas, no breaks, all that shit that everybody loves this time of year. So all that fun stuff's going to be coming, but in the meantime, thank you all very much for still listening and uh, enjoying and, Doing whatever you can do. Hopefully, we're doing our part. Brady, it's an interesting week. We've had a little bit to discuss. I think we're going to get into a little bit of basketball. But as you know, I need I need to, I need a rant. Yes, <laughs> I, as you know, quarterbacks were a topic of conversation. We have one quarterback at Oklahoma that is claiming that he is seeing UFOs. And he also cannot believe I can, like. So I was on real quick. I'm sorry. I'm cutting in on you, but um, 
I was doing the Thunder post game show last night after that abysmal Thunder Mavericks game last night with Ryan <laughs> Chapman and Matt Burton. And in the third segment, we're about 10 minutes out before the show ends. That's when Baker sent out that tweet. And we read it on air. We kind of like talked about it because we mentioned aliens in the first segment. So it's like, let's bring this crap full circle. And we went off the air and we were like loading up the audio for the OKC82 podcast and uh, shameless plug. Uh, but I, I, I like asked the guys, I was like, how much you want to bet Colin Cowherd talks about this in some disparaging way about you think Russell Wilson like like talks about seeing aliens? Like, I don't think so. That's not what my franchise quarterback does. <laughs> And lo and behold, this son bitch did it. I, I, I can't believe it. But continue. We'll get to that in a second. I mean, it's all it's on the same topic. You can do that kind of BS and get paid eight million dollars a year over four years to do it if you want. Uh, no, regardless, here nor there. You don't want me ranting on that. Regardless, quarterbacks were a topic of conversation this week. Brady, six quarterbacks landed in Bill Connolly's top thirty-six since two thousand. His very controversial uh, list, mind you. Whew. A, a guy that I have probably in the business some of the most utmost, utmost respect for for being out on a limb as he always is um, and being right, not just being out on a limb, but being right most of the time. Now, we disagree, I believe, me and you on the one and two. I, I don't think we do, actually. I may have spoken for you on that on accident. I think we both believe Cam Newton should be at number one. But Baker Mayfield – was at number one. Baker Mayfield was not a four or five star quarterback, Mr. Trantham. So for your trivia question, and I don't know, we haven't still haven't gotten a good name for this yet. So I'll stick with the whole yeah, stumping our good stumping friend, the Sooners. I was gonna say our good friend Chris Parrish, who listens to the podcast a lot, supports us also on Patreon. He gave us a name and look, Chris, this isn't your fault. Um my initials don't doesn't lend itself to just like BSing with Brady, like Brady Trantham or something like that. It's my name's too long. It's too weird sounding. Um, we'll find a name for it, but like trivia with Trantham T T W T. Oh, let's go T T. Yeah, let's do that. Triv. No, I, it's got to have a W in there. It sounds better. <laughs> Regardless the five years. So excluding, I believe I'm doing this right. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. So excluding, yes, Caleb Williams in this recruiting class, Mr. Trantham. Mm. In the five years that Lincoln got to Oklahoma, he signed two, two three-star quarterbacks. So three of them were four-stars or five-stars. I'm not asking you to name the two that were three-stars under Lincoln. There were also only two three-star quarterbacks signed in the five years prior to Lincoln arriving. I want to know who Ooh. the non four or five star quarterbacks were from 2009 to 2014. Okay. So the non four or five star quarterback. This is rivals. Yeah. Yes. So, so the non four or five star quarterback signed at OU from 09 to 2014. Yes. The five year, the five years that Oklahoma took quarterbacks before Lincoln arrived. Was Trevor Knight a three star? He was not. He was a four-star. He was a four-star, and he should have been a three-star. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because Justice Hansen, was he He was a four-star, wasn't he? He was also a four-star, correct. God, You've got God. two of the four-stars. You probably could get the other one. I am going to be damn impressed if you can at least get one of the two. Not Archie, one of the two. Archie Bradley was a four-star, right? I don't think he ever counted towards signing with Oklahoma because he went to the draft. 
but he also I believe I don't he is not on the list I okay. do not have yes I believe god this is a this is a good one man and again this is like right during the time where I would have like I've never been that big on recruiting but when I was younger and I I, I followed it just much closely and I knew all these names and I knew where they were from and I, I knew they were left-handed or right-handed or whatever. And I am like, out of those three names, that's about it. Who did 2009? I guess uh, I will apologize. Let's include 2021. So six years, 09 to 14, six recruiting classes. So in the same six years after Lincoln, same before Oklahoma signed the same amount of, of three-star quarterbacks you have so far, I believe two of the four four stars. four stars. Yeah. But I wanted I want you to think hard about the guys who weren't. Because the guys who were are pretty obvious. Uh what about Kendall Thompson? Kendall Thompson was a three star. He if was you get th- the the other one is the one you're gonna have a big trouble with. Yeah. Kendall was a three star in twenty eleven. Yeah he was on the same team with Austin Haywood, that same sophomore team, Austin Haywood and Julian Wilson. Yeah, and they they all transferred from Moore and Westmore to the, all of them went to the same school just so they could play together because there was open transfer for one year. Yeah, which the funny thing was, like, I went to Norman North at the time. My senior year, I think, was sophomore's first year as a school. And, you know, Norman North, like in Norman, is the rich kid school. Um, I was in all districts because I live – my parents live all the way out East Highway 9. So, my parents wanted me to go to Norman North, so that's where I wound up. But uh, a lot of the uber-rich kids that played football, Keegan, they they abandoned Norman North that senior year, and they went and played at Southmore, so – uh, there's some socioeconomics observations for you. What year was it? Can you at least tell me what year this kid was signed? 2009. The first year. So he was si- like, so he signed on February 2009 going into the 2009 football season. Correct. Oh, God. Who would that have been? Blake? Blake Blake was, was a four-star four signed four in the 2010 recruiting ah, class. Yeah. You have three of those so far. You're okay. missing one. The other one should be pretty obvious whenever you lay it out. Um, what is wrong with my brain? It's the elevation, man. Oh, God. Who's the other three-star? I don't know if I'm going to get it, but I'm going to get so mad when you tell me. He didn't finish his career at Oklahoma. He played in the Big East at the time. After, I'll give you a hint. Drew Drew Allen. Drew Allen was signed in 2009 and was a three-star quarterback. One of the earliest best Sooners on Twitter. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but like, uh, so he he was the backup. I think he was QB two in 2011 and 2012, mm-hmm. or, or 2010 and 2011. I can't remember. He was just Landry Jones' backup. And those years, OU would just kick the crap out of Texas, and Drew Allen would come in in the fourth quarter. And he had this thing where, like, he's from Texas, but he didn't like the Dallas Cowboys, and he would always, like, tweet, <laughs> my, my four minutes against Texas was better than anything Dallas did that day, that Sunday. Right. And it was just, like, a recurring tweet with him, and it was so funny. Yeah, he went to Syracuse, didn't he? Correct. Yeah, yes. He went to Syracuse, like him and Abdul Adams, Sooner Legacies to uh, Syracuse. Uh, who's the other four-star? What or tell Co- me what, what 
Cody Thomas. Cody Thomas. Yep. So Oklahoma has signed Austin Kendall, Chris Robinson, Spencer Rattler, Caleb Williams, and then Tanner Mordecai was a three-star on Rivals. Good call by them. And Chandler Morris also. Is out of all those names, so like obviously there there are names on there on there that got uh, playing time. There are names on there that started some games. There are names on there that became very good. Uh, one of those names is still like his legacy is going to be uh, still building it at this point with Spencer Rattler. We we know who was good. We know who wasn't good. But is out of all those guys, is Chandler Morris potentially the one who's going to be the one who got away? I think so. Yeah, and just because he's at TCU. But here's the kicker here. You have to remember, and people still need to remember this. I mean, Max Duggan's going to be at TCU for two more years unless they pull the plug on that train, which I've talked to Pete. I don't think that's going to happen. I think people at TCU believe that Max Duggan's their guy. You know, I just don't think that at the end of the day, is he the best option to help you win football games? I'm still not sold. However, that could be a wrench in that. I still think, like, the big what if is what happens if Chris Robinson's not – doesn't have a crazy girlfriend and doesn't end up going crazy on his own. Like, what happens with him? (laughs) I mean, he he – he was screwed the second that picture came out of him with those, uh, with those like yeah, bright, the yep, bright yellow. Bright yellow. Yeah, it's like it, yeah, and that's that's pre girlfriend, right? Because he met that girl at O. And I, I hate talking about this crap because I had a crazy girlfriend in college, so like it, it happens. Uh, but I mean, what, what else? I, I mean, with TCU though, it's like the second that they try like the two QB system. Like if, if Chandler Morris is as good as I think he is, the second they do the QB two, like the two quarterback platoon system thing, uh, that's that's doomed for Max Duggan. Because TCU mainly, it's not all Max Duggan's fault. And of course, last year, as we all know, was weird for everybody. I re- re- like, remember what Lincoln said after Morris's first game, I believe out of the Missouri State game. He was like, yeah, he was making some big boy throws out there. And he never says that about yeah. quarterbacks. Like, you know, I, I remember whenever I asked Lincoln straight up, like I was like, you know, Tanner Mordecai basically came in the game and his in the, in the South Dakota game two years ago. And I was like, basically, when Spencer came in, it felt like the stadium just woke up, right? Like, and I asked him if he yeah. felt that. Mo- and I was like, I asked him if he kind of felt that, right? And he was just like, oh, I thought both quarterbacks played really well, blah, 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 this and that. Well, Taylor Morris comes in for his first attempt and just not hiding it at all. Just like, yeah, he's – making some big boy throws like was really composed and did his job and whatever yeah (laughs) so I think Lincoln I mean I'm kind of shocked that he didn't like try to block him from playing immediately right like I know it'd be a bad look but it makes a lot more sense with TCU than it did with Kendall in West Virginia because TCU's got a better shot at (laughs) better shot at beating Oklahoma over the next two to three years if Morris is the guy that I believe that you and I think he is. So I, I think that, yes, he would be um, – I think it's interesting to look back and think, like, what Cody Thomas could have been under Lincoln um, just with his arm talent. And I think he was pretty athletic. He's obviously pretty athletic to be – I mean, he's going to be in the big leagues here within the next couple of years. Yeah, Cody Thomas uh, was, was faster than he looked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. This, it, 
it's it's weird it's just weird just from the standpoint like like Lincoln, I think understands. Like I, I've had so much success, not just because of the transfer portal, but it's been a large part of OU success recently, and Lincoln Riley's success uh, since he's been the head coach and the offensive coordinator at OU. That I feel like he kind of just has this mentality of, if I sit here and just pick and choose where I want to block, you know, a, a certain player's you know eligibility. Not only is it is it going to be a bad look, it's going to be absolutely used against me in about every living room across America concerning any quarterback, receiver, running back, just anybody that Lincoln Riley wants. Like that would just be a PR nightmare for Lincoln Riley. So it's it's one of those things where the portal giveth and it truly can taketh away. But I mean, Chandler Morris shouldn't be the reason why OU loses games to TCU. He, we just think highly of them because. Um, it's not every day like a quarterback as a freshman steps onto the field, you know, no matter who, how bad the opponent is and no matter how ahead OU is in that situation. Um, but it's not every day that they step on the field and they look comfortable in a way that it's like, you can just tell that he's a gamer. You can tell that he can make plays, not just with his legs, but he can make plays with his eyes downfield, you know, whatever a quarterback needs to do because Austin Kendall, Tanner Mordecai, those more prototypical, like stand in the pocket quarterbacks that have been in the system longer, they'll go out in the field and they'll look a little timid here and there. And it's not just those two. It's like playing quarterback at OU is hard. So uh, that's why I'm still a little like, man, I wish we could have held on to Chandler Morris. I'm with you as my, as, as you know, as people know, whenever I do this from my house, we can't have a little bit of sound interference whenever my dogs decide to freak out. So that's hopefully over. Regardless, I, I think it's interesting when you look at this list, though, right? Like the fact that Bill Connolly includes Baker Mayfield over Cam Newton. I wonder and I want to ask him, and I hopefully he's a, he's a guy that I've honestly is, I'm going to reach out to to see if he wants to come on. But I want to ask him just how much did he weigh careers over seasons? Just because, obviously, Baker's career is so, I mean, one of one. Like, there's nobody that's done it like Baker's done it in terms of this overall success and this and that and whatever. Um, I just feel, though, you know, like, Cam and Vince are by far, like, one and two, right? Like, I, I just don't think you can – the way those guys dominated the game – is just completely different than what any other guys have kind of done it before. And maybe we'll do it. I don't know if we'll see a guy be able to do it the way they've done it. Well, I mean, I'm sure Bill Connolly, like if you're going to make lists like this, of course, you're going to have like the question of um, what means more like stats, numbers, touchdowns, wins, losses, um, national championships, wins, like appearances, playoff wins, you know, what means more? And it's always going to come down to the person making the list. But I think that there's just kind of this, this understanding of, yes, like certain things have certain numerical points to them. So if you want to just pretend like there's like a numerical list here of like, if any of these players have won a national championship and they get 10 points, if they've won multiple conference championships and they get, mul- they get these many points, if they've just simply made a playoff game or simply made a national title game but didn't win it, then they get this point, this many points, because at the end of the day, OU fans should know football is the biggest team sport on earth. It's the, it's, it is such a team sport. It's so reliant on the team that you can have 
Peyton Manning on your team and you won't win a Super Bowl because he's surrounded by guys who just don't get the job done compared to the opponent. Like you have to have a team around you. It's not basketball where you can just have LeBron James and then Anthony Davis comes up and then all of a sudden the Lakers win the championship. It's not that easy uh, compared to football. But so like with all that in mind, I think it just really comes down to Baker Mayfield could have left his, if he just, let's just pretend Baker Mayfield decided to leave after the Sugar Bowl against Auburn. If he decided to leave, he would still be on this list. He would not sniff maybe even the top 10, but he'd still be on this list. Cause if you're going to put Landry and even Jason White on this list, and I know Jason won a Heisman, but numbers wise, what it meant for OU, how, I mean, even by that point, Baker Mayfield was still fairly, he wasn't quite there yet, but he was fairly close to being iconic. Uh, that season like he was exciting uh, he had a polarizing personality uh, he would have made a splash in the NFL draft probably he wouldn't have been a first round draft pick probably but he still would have made a splash so um, I think that that's what it means when that first sentence Bill Connolly says on Baker Mayfield where he says like Vince Young and Cam Newton had a better had better seasons like one season than Baker Baker had the better career if Baker had rather pedestrian seasons leading up to 2017 and that's where he exploded, then I think Baker isn't number one on this list. But 2015, he was eyes and finalist. 2016, he was eyes and fi- finalist. And he was really, really, really good at the last nine games of 2016. Yeah. I mean, as good as – I, or you could argue and say that – I know the numbers may not, but just in terms of his impact on the games in 16 – he probably had more talent around him the next season too, but in 16, I mean, him and Didi were just unbelievable. Oh yeah. Um, so I think it's interesting. I, I, I wouldn't include personally, I don't know if you, you kind of finished touches on that, but I would have, I wouldn't have Baker number one personally. It would definitely go Cam and Vince and just in terms of quarterbacks. Like if I'm looking at how I look at it, right. Just overall, like, whenever how did he dominate a football game and does his talent match up with it right like baker dominated and his talent matched up with it i just don't think it did as well as cam i don't think it did as well as vince um and then i don't think he did it as well as kyler i i think those are the three that like after those three then you get into the conversation of Watson, Burrow, and Baker. And I think Burrow may be at the top of that list, but I obviously yep. his junior year you have to weigh. But he was just so damn good. I mean, his numbers were better than Baker's in 17, which is still just insane. Um, but I think that's where I draw the line. And you are you say you're going to be like, Keegan, you're missing one. You're obviously missing one. I know. I, I said six of the top seven. I went back and watched more Florida – whenever Tim Tebow was there, right? Like, and he was a dominant quarterback and clearly the culture and the leadership and this and that and the wins, they're all there. But damn it, Percy Harvin was like half of that offense. I mean, they're handing it to him in the backfield. Oh, no, Percy Harvin's the reason why they beat OU in the, the Orange Bowl. It really, yeah. it really had nothing to do with Tim Tebow until the very end, and it was still Percy Harvin on that drive. I mean, Tim Tebow threw an interception to a defensive tackle. Right. So, like, sure. that, like Florida had their DeMarco Murray. Oh, you didn't have their DeMarco Murray. That's like how you can casually talk about that game. So, I mean, yeah, you're right. But I hope I've been on record on this podcast, maybe on the radio. I don't know. 
because I know I've said it on the radio before, but hopefully people know this in terms of me like ranking OU quarterbacks. Um, I think Kyler Murray's the best quarterback OU's ever had. I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. I think he's better than Sam, uh, Jason. I think you can plug Kyler into any era of OU offense, even the wishbone, obviously, because he's incredibly fast. Uh, Barry but- Switzer said that he, like, no doubt would take Kyler Murray as his quarterback, like, back in the day. And that's oh, talking no. about a guy that had Jamel freaking Holloway, who was Hollywood before Hollywood yeah. and Norman. Because yeah. you, cor- you wanted your wishbone quarterbacks to be a little bit shorter anyway, because one, that probably meant that they were faster and shiftier, and two – they would hide. They would hide better uh, behind that, those big ass offensive linemen, uh, making it harder for the defense to find them in the wishbone. So you know when you're trying to find where Jamel Holloway is, and by the time you know where he is, he's already on the corner. It's like too late. Uh, yeah. So Ky- Kyler to me is the best quarterback in OU history. I, um, Spencer Rattler would have to make such a, and I don't even think Spencer Rattler can reach it. I think I think Spencer. Oh, I wouldn't say that. Well, because Kyler's got the legs, man. Kyler's got that other dynamic that he brings to the table. I mean, seeing Kyler's stats again, Keegan, for that one season that um, he started at OU 2018, 14 games, 4,361 yards passing, uh, 11.6 yards per attempt, or 11.6 yards a, a catch, uh, or completion, excuse me, and 13 yards an attempt, 42 touchdowns and seven interceptions, and he had a 1,000 yards rushing on 7.2 yards per carry, that's – that's those are video game numbers. And yeah, you don't – those aren't going to be touched, I don't think, for a that's, – that's one of those numbers that's not going to be touched for a long, long time. Yeah. 2018, pe- people for, like, you look at the LSU team, you know, in 19, and you look at the Alabama team this year, right? Or Alabama team in, 28, in 2018. Like, Oklahoma – set like the SP plus rating for OU in 18. I don't know if it can be touched like from a historical perspective. I think Alabama was like at 54 yeah. and the OU that year was at, like 58 rating wise and OU in 17 was like at 51. Just ridiculous. I mean, it's so stupid. Um, I just want to let, let's, let's go through this real quick. We agree that Cam, Vince and Kyler are kind of tier one, right? Yeah. But, I do want to point out something because like going okay. back to the whole, the whole career thing, mm-hmm. um, Cam Newton's career counts. And like, sure. maybe, this, maybe this is silly of me, him getting kicked out of Florida because he stole a teammate's laptop and then tried to throw it out of a window to hide the fact. And then that got him kicked out of school. He went to blend junior college and then he got to go to Auburn. Like that counts to me. Like, I'm sorry. Like, when I think of college football players, I don't want to think about one season because that's always the thing with Vince Young. Vince Young had one of the most incredible performances and in one of the most entertaining games I've ever seen. And as an OU fan, that hurts to say. It hurts, it hurts to know that Texas has a national title more recently, albeit it's still, it feels like it was just as long, as, long ago, but they have a more recent national title than OU. So I'll, you know, I'll give credit where credit's due. But here are some facts. Vince Young as a uh, sophomore playing off and on was an athlete playing quarterback. Him as a junior, uh, he was trying, he was trying to be asked to become a quarterback and it had a ceiling and that ceiling was getting shut out by Oklahoma and the cotton bowl. And of course they won the rest of their games, but as time showed, you know, the big 12 in the early two thousands was awesome. 
But 2003 and 2004, it started to really fall off in terms of Nebraska was gone, in terms of them being a national power. Colorado was starting to slip. Texas A&M started to slip under Franchoni. OSU was kind of losing no, no momentum from less miles. Iowa State wasn't anything. Uh, Kansas State fell off, even though they won the Big 12 title in 2003. But it really, you know, came to a head in 2005, Keegan, where OU has a bad year. That was the year Vince Young was, as Mac Brown famously said, I stopped coaching him and just said, go be Vince Young. Yeah. And, and so Vince had an incredible one year, uh, one incredible season um, in a very down conference. And then they had the pleasure of playing a USC team that was, I'm sorry, an absolute shell of the team OU played. And you can make the argument, and I would probably agree, that Reggie Bush was better in 05 than he was in 04. Matt Leiner was marginally – he was either marginally better or marginally worse than he was in 04 because maybe there was just more of a uh, – just more of a kind of a get Reggie Bush the ball in that offense maybe. Um, but the big thing was USC's defense in 04 all left for the NFL, the one that kicked OU's ass. And then that defense that Texas played – was getting gashed by Fresno State. They were getting gashed by Oregon State. They were getting gashed by UCL, not UCLA, but like just average ass Pac-10 teams that year. So like the table was set for Texas to have a performance like that. Sure. And so like what I was saying with Baker Mayfield, if he had rather pedestrian seasons relative to his 17 year, I think that that tarnishes his legacy a little bit, but that's why it somewhat Mm -hmm. tarnishes my legacy with Vince Young. Like he's, Tier one, like I agree with you on there, but I'm not going to sit here and say that he should be above Cam or be above Baker Mayfield because his first year and a half of being the starter, he got benched at one point. Um, but his first year and a half of a starter was in one realm and his, his junior season was in a completely different realm. So to me, that disparity um, tarnishes his legacy just a little bit in comparison to the other two. Yeah, I again, I just, I, I was, I think of when I think of this, I, I'm glad we have a list to go off of. I just think in terms of how they dominated games, man. Like, like Vince, like you, like you said, you roll that guy out there and you think you're winning that game eight days a week, no matter who they're going against. Staying with the team he had around them. I mean, you can't be mistaken. I mean, the Texas machine was rolling at that time. And yeah, that you also have to account for that as well. I mean, that's why Cam to me is number one, just because that Auburn team was not very good. And he, I don't know if uh, we'll see another quarterback single-handedly lift a team like they did Auburn, which that's where the Deshaun Watson comes in the conversation. Cause those Clemson teams that he was on really weren't that talented. He was just so damn good. And as we've talked about with Dabo, he's basically said that, you know, he's kind of the uh, Michael Jordan of, of football in terms of what he can make out of nothing Hopefully that persists in the NFL here in the future, maybe with the old uh, Miami Dolphins. But let's get it. That's what I want to touch on next real quick is the next kind of the next three where, where I would go Burrow, Baker, Watson. But that's also from I've seen two of the three. And I Brady, I'm going to say this, and I don't want you to get triggered by this. I feel like if I ever watched Watson in person and broke him down, like leading up to it, I feel like he would maybe at number four ahead of Burrow. But I think I'm not going to – I think those three are comfortable together in that group, right? Like, I, yeah. 
Like, I don't know if Burrow was better than Baker. I think that if given, you know, you put all three of those guys on the same team in the same setting, they probably produce the same value in numbers. Um, Watson, obviously a little more athletic, doesn't have the arm talent that the other two had. Um, you know, so I, I, it's interesting, but uh, I, do, are we good there? I, I think that you were solid on those next three. Well, here, I'll, I'll give you this because we kind of talked about this. I think this was on the last Thursday pod or it might have been a Thursday pod where we were on Zoom because I feel like we talked about this on Zoom. Uh, but when we were talking about Clemson basically not being a – not the most quarterback-friendly, like, wide-open offense, like something yeah. that five-star quarterbacks are just trying to, like, punch their way into the door to get into. Like, they want to go to Clemson to try and win championships because they're surrounded by great talent, not because – the quarterback development is like off the charts there. If you look at Deshaun Watson's career and you understand what type of athlete he is and how talented he is as a passer, how talented he is as a football IQ guy, and then what he can do on the ground with his legs, imagine him with Lincoln Riley coaching him. Oh yeah. Because, because like you look at his stats, you know, 2015, 2016, and you, you know, you're just like, well, I mean, those are good numbers, but, He's playing in the ACC. Shouldn't they be a little bit better? But then you remember, like, Clemson didn't open up their offense that much. Really, the only time they've ever opened up their offense in terms of them doing something different with Deshaun Watson was when they played OU in the Orange Bowl, and they just understood Mike Stoops can't stop any power rush. So let's just turn Deshaun Watson into Blake Bell and tell him to run left, QB power, all game long, and OU couldn't do anything to stop it. Other than that, they just ran a – you know, a not very innovative, not very fun. Very like, pro style. like Very pro very, style, very vanilla, yeah. like offense that just wasn't conducive to like destroying record books. So just imagine Deshaun Watson, that talent level with Lincoln Riley coaching him he, in the Big 12 yeah. with soft ass defenses at the time. Yo, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like if I evaluated Watson in person – like, that's the thing is, like, the 2017 Big 12 Championship, it was done. Like, Baker, no doubt, was the best quarterback in the country at the time, right? Just the – he was so damn calm. I mean, TCU's getting pressure in the backfield, and it didn't matter. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, being able to see stuff. Yo, UTEP is currently beating Kansas 28-16 to 16 almost at halftime in a basketball game while we're recording this podcast, Oklahoma state's only down by four against Baylor. This is a, uh, this is not shaping up. I don't think to be a good night. And that's on the next segment. I promise we're going to get right to it. Um, but I want to finish this up because I think it's interesting. I don't know. Again, I don't think we've gone through this. Uh, Tim Tebow, I think is kind of in that next tier with Lamar Jackson, Marcus Mariota, RG three. He gets off the rails here though, Brady. I understand, and you're going to talk about the character and this and that. When Johnny fucking football stepped on the field, he was the best player on the field in every game he played in, which is he played in a very tough conference. I don't know, like, Tebow, Jackson, Mariota, RG3, and Manziel are in that next group, right? Yeah. Then he has Trevor Lawrence, like – in terms of college quarterbacks, Lawrence won a national championship. You have to add that. But, I mean, was he as impressive as a Sam Bradford? He as impressive as, like, a Kellen Moore? Or... Trevor Lawrence? Correct, yes. Um, I think 
I think he I, never got any better from year one to year three. And that's, that's very that's the, not that's the that's concern. That's the concern if you're a Jaguars fan is like, well, he was just better than everybody in the ACC, and he was still very damn good because he gets the playoff and. It wasn't necessarily him having bad performances. It's just Clemson got outplayed by Ohio State um, really twice. You know, like Ohio State should have beat them two years ago in the Fiesta Bowl, but then LSU just made them look like fools. But as we know, that 2019 LSU team is – that's up there with 04 USC. That's up there with 2001 Miami. They were good. So they're going to make everybody look bad. But um, I think with Trevor Lawrence, the kicker is – and I don't know how much of this is just because he's tall and white but his athleticism gives him like an, a leg up on, on certain quarterbacks on this list. And like you, you mentioned Sam Bradford, Sam Bradford. And I've said this before. It's hard for me to describe talking to a guy who breaks down film, but I hope you understand what I mean by this because I'm not talking about numbers or percentage accuracy, but in terms of putting the football in, in the hands on the chest or in stride, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do it as consistently as Sam Bradford no. on, on any level of throw, whether it's a short pass, medium pass, out route, deep ball. He had the most accurate deep ball or accurate throw I've ever seen when he is able to stand upright and not hurt. Whenever it gets into baseball talk, you talk about pitchers that can put it in a Dixie cup, right? Okay. Like a solo yeah. cup. Yeah. Like that's what Sam Bradford was. And I'm with you. Um, I just think it's so interesting that he had Bradford behind Kellen Moore, behind Colt McCoy, behind Lawrence, behind RG3, and behind Mariota. Um, the, the RG3 thing, like, that that's where, like, Marcus Mariota and Robert Griffin, like, I'm sorry, they don't, they don't have really any business sniffing the top ten. Uh, I mean, Lamar Jackson, I understand if people are going to be like, no, don't put him in the top ten either, Brady, with that logic. Uh, I'm with you though like if he's higher than like that's where my sticking point is like Manziel has to be like the next group and it may be him alone I would have no problem putting Sam Johnny Manziel Colt McCoy in the top 10 in place of Robert Griffin Marcus Mariota and Lamar Jackson like I I would have no problem out at the top at 10 yes I'm with you I'm with you completely I I just think that it's so interesting. And let's let's roll. Let's get through this real quick. I, th- th- it's interesting. He's got luck at 18. I just a little bit disagree there. I think that's a little low. Um, my God, Brady, did Phillip Rivers have a career at NC State that I was unaware of? Oh, he was good. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. Like, uh, goodness. I, 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 remember, I remember just being flabbergasted that people were like uh, – comp- like, is it Philip? Is Philip Rivers the best quarterback in in the draft, or is it uh, Eli Manning? And I was like, y'all, if his name was Eli Williams, you wouldn't care what the hell. <laughs> it would be Philip Rivers all the way. But I will admit, I have a soft spot for Philip Rivers because watch Dan Marino throw the football, and then watch Philip Rivers throw the football. It's exactly the same. And so he just reminded me of Dan Marino. So I've always had, I've always enjoyed watching Philip Rivers throw. So next up. This is where it starts to get a little off the rails, right? Jalen Hurts is at 23. I've got to play because you said it in disparaging. He's deserving on this list, Keegan, but uh, I'm playing I'm playing the soundbite. Is he deserving at 23, though? I think once you get to this point, you're, you're, you're getting to quarterbacks who didn't win championships more than likely. 
you're, you're getting to guys that had great careers because they were, you know, basically not good enough to go to the NFL quick. So they were able to garner a bunch of numbers and wins and memorable moments. Okay. okay. I've got a question for you. I've got a question for you. You ready? Cause they're both on this list. If same setting, same team, same situation, are you taking Landry Jones or Jalen Hurts in 2019? Uh, I'm, I'm taking Jalen or Jalen Hurts. Landry Jones would have lost that Baylor game 56 to 10. I don't think they would have you, ever been in that you situation. Know it, you know it, and I know it. He no. would have had the best receiver in the country in the maybe ever at OU on his team. Landry, Landry. Landry oh, no, he wouldn't have. It was never a problem that Landry didn't have talent around him. And it wasn't just. I would, I would argue in 2011 when everybody got hurt, that's when the depth whenever you people not um, i am i will say you people were already starting to get your pitchforks and torches hell i was ready in 2010 man like (laughs) you you, you go to columbia and it's like yeah you're gonna get punched in the mouth because missouri's fairly good blaine gabbert's a good college quarterback you're going into a hostile environment so you should expect a dogfight and landry was just a quarterback man like sam even sam had some of this to his game. And I think it was just more predicated on the fact that the offense was a no huddle rhythm offense. So when you get off rhythm, it kind of hampers, it hampers everything. But Landry was a quarterback, a perfect example of everything had to go right for him to do what he had to do. He could not make any plays in spite of the situation. If it, if somebody breathed on him, it freaked him out. If he got hit, he would fumble. If the opposing team scored and they made loud noises and cheered and and said, screw you, Oklahoma, we're going to beat you this time, uh, Landry wasn't going to be like, all right, I'm about this. I'm about this situation. If he threw a pick six, he would be stoic. If he threw a 80-yard touchdown, he would be stoic. That just doesn't work, man. Like, I'm sorry. Kyler Murray is, is quote-unquote stoic compared to, like, Baker Mayfield and, or Spencer Rattler. But, no, he's a gamer. He's got personality and – that does mean something. Landry would have lost that Baylor game 56 to 10. And I'm not going to sit here and listen to you tell me that, well, they wouldn't be in that situation in the first place anyway. No, Landry would have pissed down his leg too. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So let's, let, let's, Land- let's Landry's, on, Landry's on this list purely because he played four effing years. That's why. All right. Let's finish this list up. He's got Mac Jones at 35 already. He I know also that piss- has Kyle I know that, Trask. I know that pisses a lot of people off, Mac Jones. Kyle Trask is at number 45 already. I'm going to finish it up with this, Brady, and I think you'll appreciate this from my, even as a younger, right, evaluator. Colin Klein at 38, Eric Crouch at 42, and Keenan Reynolds at 51 are too low. The way they impacted and dominated football games, and I know the stats may not add up to it, right? But, like, yeah. Think about this in terms of basketball. Like the best players right now in basketball writers where the game is always played at their pace. Like I can think of, you know, LeBron or obviously Durant, Lillard more than almost anybody right now. Like the game is always played at their pace. Eric Crouch, Keenan Reynolds, and Colin Klein for their eras during their time were so unique that literally if you couldn't stop them, you couldn't win. And like, I just think it completely, whenever you look back at it, like we're going to have another quarterback in the next four to five years because of the way these offenses are going, like an SEC quarterback, or even if you look in the big 12, maybe someone pops up. That's a little different 
right, that can kind of control the clock. They can get five yards every play. Um, so I have a little appreciation for those guys, and I would assume that there's guys not on the list that I would also include. But, Brady, we are seven minutes away from tip-off. Oh, I don't care. A massive, mass. I know you don't. I was going to say a massive why game should I care? for Oklahoma. Why, why should I care? Well, I'll tell you why you care is Oklahoma could end up being a drop to maybe a six seed or could be a four seed, depending on if they can win tonight and win the Big 12 tournament. With that, the bracket the way it's going to be this year, Brady, I don't know if you want to be a part of anybody that's like 12 seed through 10 seed. Like, that just doesn't sound fun. Well, like what you just said, like the, the there is a fine line between being a six seed and a four seed. Sure, like, yeah. But that's heavily dependent on, do you believe this team can actually make a dent in the tournament? My answer to that is no. So I don't care if they're a four or six seed. Like, this is what Lon, this is what Lon Kruger does. And before I, I guess we get deep into this little topic, so we talked about this on Tuesday right before we recorded our Patreon podcast, and we didn't record it. Um, but before we get into it, I do want to say for the record, I think Lon Kruger is – he does a great job at doing what OU pays him for. And that's my, that's where my problem lies. Like this, yes. this season, um, because you've already kind of used this and I'll let you give your two cents, but I do want to set the stage because you essentially like the first part of your argument against me was, Hey man, like OU's had a little bit of unfortunate, like COVID stuff this year, like, you know, playing into their, their late season downslide. And I'm like, sure. Well, how much of that played into their benefit when they were playing Alabama or West Virginia or skating by a bad Iowa State team? Like, we can't just pick and choose when COVID is a disadvantage or ignore the fact when it could be an advantage. So, to me, this OU team exceeded expectations, sure. Like, I'll give them that credit. Um, they reached their ceiling, but they're ultimately just going to age like a a typical long Kruger coached Oklahoma Sooner basketball team that doesn't have just transcendent NBA talent on it. So it doesn't have buddy healed on it. I know Trey Young's team sucks and I know Trey Young sucked, but just imagine a talent like a Trey, like an NBA lottery pick on this team. Like, of course the ceiling is raised that doesn't have a Blake Griffin. I know Blake Griffin played for Jeff Cable, but uh, basically all long Kruger teams do is they suck for two years, and then that third or fourth year when they have a bunch of guys that have been in the system a long time, uh, they gobble up a bunch of wins that you don't expect them to, but then they get to the Big 12 tournament, don't do anything, and then they get to the NCAA tournament, and unless they've got Buddy healed, they get quietly exited out of the second round, and then everyone's just like, that was a fun year. And I'm like, not for a historically top 25 basketball program, it isn't, but you know what? OU, if you don't want me to care about the basketball program, then fine. I won't care about it. So I, I do want to say this, There's, and I, I've said this, and this is not a main talking point or discussion. It is important to note that, one, two things. One, I did acknowledge that Oklahoma beat Texas barely because they were missing players. I have acknowledged that before. I will say, though, whenever you look at it, I'm watching on my TV right now, there's one team in, I think, basketball, college basketball, NBA, Brady, that have come back strong after a COVID break. And it's freaking Michigan. And they're a buzzsaw, by the way. They're beating Michigan State by 20. John Howard, man. John Howard's a good coach. I'm glad he's getting yeah. some credit now. Former Miami yeah, he should. assistant coach. And so I, I think that's important. Um, 
I don't, this is like one of those things. Like I don't, I, outside of the rebounding thing, the issues there, I don't feel like Oklahoma played necessarily horrible the last two games. Like I, I don't think shots fell in Stillwater whenever they were presented to them. And that's not, that's disappointing. Um, they're shot. They haven't found a rhythm in that area since the break. Uh, they need to. Um, I, again, this is going to be a great opportunity tonight. Texas is not a good defensive team. I'll say this from a betting perspective, Brady. They, they like, are not, if, yeah. you, if you take – if, like, the over in Texas games is one of the guarantees this year, like, <laughs> without a doubt. Um, so, I, I think that, like, you look at this game tonight, this is a great opportunity uh, for Oklahoma. One, I think this team in a wild year like this to where we're not going to know any true value of anybody in the tournament, like, outside of the top three seeds of Michigan – well, Illinois took it to Michigan, so who knows? Um, maybe there's four, but Michigan, Gonzaga, and Baylor. I mean, outside of those three, it could be a freaking crapshoot. Like, I don't know. Like, Ohio State's fading, right? Like, Ohio State was one of the top teams. Now they're losing. Um, Alabama went through a little. They had a COVID break and went through their own thing. So I, I just think personally that let's see how they play tonight. And I said this the other day, like, let's see how they play tonight. If they lose tonight, I'm on the same page with you that this team is fading like a normal Kruger-led team does. And this includes team, teams with Buddy on it. Like, they weren't good at the end of the regular season. They had a guy in Buddy that willed them to multiple wins in the NCAA tournament, yeah. uh, considerably the second half against VCU, uh, completely dominated Oregon. I mean, one of the best performances in an Oklahoma they, uniform ever. They destroyed but, A&M and they destroyed Oregon, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and so that was a that was a good team. That was a good team. Like, not, it wasn't really just Buddy. Like, I mean, Buddy was the star, but that was still a good team. Like, yeah, Isaiah well was really good. Uh, I mean, you got big contributions from Christian James late in the year. So I just think whenever you're talking about this team, like, I'm not saying I'm not on the uh, like not hit the panic button mode. I'm not saying like take a break on them or relax. It's just more of a. I, there's some context to this. They've got a couple more games to figure it out. Um, this is a team that looked like whenever they played from an identity perspective, looked like one of those teams that could be knocking on the door of a sweet 16. I think it's still there. I think they've got to figure some things out from a lineup perspective. I think you and I agree specifically in that area, the lineup it's the last couple games, three games, four games has been really weird. Um, I want to see more Victor. I know he played bad on Saturday, but he just at his athleticism and length adds something to the table. So I'm, I'm with you, right? Like I said this the other day, like I, I agree with you. I think from the aspect of like if Oklahoma moved on from someone different from Lon, can they accomplish what they've accomplished under Lon? I don't know because the final four is so freaking tough to get yeah. to, but I'm with you in terms of, like, can they hire someone that can get Oklahoma to the tournament every year and give them a chance to get to the Sweet 16? I think so. And to your point, it's a top 25 basketball program. That should be the expectation. Um, I think the biggest – and to finish this up, I I think the biggest thing right now is that, the you know, since Buddy left, it's been a big question mark. Can they get out of the first weekend of the tournament? And they haven't. And so, again, to your point, I I think there, there is something there I think this group has it in them. I think you can't discount it's going to be a wild March Madness and, oh, the ball figures out to be on Oklahoma side or Reeves banks in a three, you know. Like, it, it could be something crazy to where Oklahoma gets to the Sweet 16, and it's a lot of fun. Um, I, I, I just think, you know, let's watch this game tonight. 
I'm not speaking for you. I'm just from my perspective. Let's see this game tonight. Let's see how they play. Let's see how they deal with length inside. Jericho Sims is, and uh, Greg Brown are super long. So it's going to be a good good matchup for Oklahoma to kind of get to get a good feeling if they can deal with length. I think that was their biggest problem against Oklahoma State and why it was a bad matchup because Oklahoma State could basically stick a guy on the three-point line in the middle of the lane and on the other three, Brady. Yep. And they're covering their entire damn court. It's like, congrats, Mike Boyden. You have an identity at Oklahoma State. Yeah, I think in ter- the short term as it concerns this team, like, sure, like this team can prove me wrong and then people can get my DMs and say that, hey, they beat Texas or, hey, they won two or three games of the Big 12 tournament or, hey, they got to the Sweet 16. And it's like, that's cool. And I will be cheering for them because I'm an OU fan. But this program's not going anywhere because of that. So, like, that, that's to me, like, the crux of the whole problem. This program is not going in any particular direction. It's just heavily reliant on every two to three years when they have upperclassmen talent, they can make some noise. That shouldn't be Oklahoma's basketball expectation. You just touched on it. It's a top 25 historical basketball program. You look at the numbers. You look at the players, the history. It's all there for a top 25 program. And if they had just freaking won that 88 national title against Kansas – they would be bar none a top 25, top 20 program. They wouldn't just be Oklahoma, the football school. Like it, it is still a football school, but there is a basketball tradition to be proud of. Um, my thing is just, like I said, I don't see where the program's going in any positive direction. It's just stagnant to me. It's just absolute stagnant. Longkirker doesn't develop bigs. He has no, he has no business. He, he just doesn't care about bigs anymore. Uh, I think he just assumed Brady Bannock was going to be the future and Brady Bannock did not turn into anything consistently good and especially as a big like he's he can be hot sometimes but that wasn't good it's just not good enough um he's guard reliant which is fine but when you only recruit one maybe two good guards and then you have a bunch of one-sided players like what what are you really expecting so again long kruger is great at what ou is paying him to do that's fine i just feel like that there should be more and the whole can they hire somebody else? I was watching the Texas Tech-Iowa State game that's on right now. And at the very beginning, like towards the beginning of the game, Key, and the announcers were talking about Steve Prom and how Iowa State's bad. And one of the announcers brought up like, yeah, everybody with all those Twitter fingers is like calling for Steve Prom's re- resignation. And my question is, who would you hire? Like, unless you have somebody in mind that you can grab. And I'm like, that is the worst effing mentality to have when you're talking about a program like Iowa State that's, has a great basketball history, and we can talk about that with OU. If Long Kruger retires or he's let go, that doesn't just mean that Jeff Capel's coming back. That doesn't just mean that if Bob Stoops retires, the 90s are coming back. Like the program and its history transcend Bob Stoops, trans, well than, more than well transcends Long Kruger. Could the next coach be worse? Sure, but that guy will be on a shorter leash than what Long Kruger has, and then if he's not as good, then he'll be shown the door, and then you find somebody else. It's a top 25 basketball program historically. It's in a very good uh, region of the country to, to recruit very good high-end basketball talent. You're not going to get McDonald's All-Americans all, all the time. You're not going to be a halfway house for NBA lottery picks. I get that. But you should be getting better consistent talent across, like all over the floor than what I've been seeing the last few years. And again, I just don't know where the program's going. And unless OU football – basketball, uh, softball, uh, gymnastics, 
and you have a better understanding of the baseball program than I do, uh, but they have won a national title before. So I would assume that they're historically a, a very good baseball program. Unless those five programs aren't trending up, then questions need to be asked. And that's, that's where my frustration is. Like I know long Kruger's a nice man. He's a nice guy, but nice guys don't get everything done in sports. Like this isn't like the, who's the, who's the nicest person in the room. Let's hire that guy. I just don't know where the program's going in a positive direction, unless it's just hey, every three years we can make the sweet 16. Otherwise we're getting bounced. So again, I, I think that Oklahoma's again, and let's, I got buys on Cortez coming in. They may only lose a couple guys this year. They got a chance to be pretty good again next year. So I think give long, let's see if they can make a push next season. Um, and, you know, they got Phipps that hasn't played a lot. Uh, they got a seven footer that hasn't played a lot yet. You know, let's, I, I, I'm still on board of, let's see. Um, now they're showing highlights from Lubbock. I forgot COVID ended in Texas this week. Brady, I'd have nothing else for you. <laughs> Uh, I, I like how I like how I host the show, and then you just all of a sudden take control of it. I like this versatility. See, I think that tonight was perfect because I had the the lead-ins and exactly what the like what we needed to talk about with the oh, quarterback yeah. list and and the uh, and and lawn. I, I, I there's nothing really that's come out. Gentry Williams, we talked about this in the Patreon list of his top six. It's going to be OU or Arkansas. I would be absolutely shocked if it's not Oklahoma. That'll be – he will be a five-star talent. Um, let's think here. Ish Smith released the top five that Oklahoma's involved with. Still not sure if Oklahoma truly sees him as a take yet. Interesting. We did have a new crystal ball added this week from Steve Wiltfong, who's the director and the most accurate guy over there at 24-7 Sports, and Justin Medlock. And Brady, if you remember – this is a guy that I've been telling you about for a couple years, or not a couple years, about a year now. He looks exactly like Kenneth Murray. It's, it's tough. He's not nearly as athletic, doesn't have the sideline to sideline, but just the intangibles, the discipline, the vision. So I, I, I think that would be obviously a big get um, for Oklahoma. But outside of that, no, I think, I think we're good. I think we covered everything we needed to. I haven't seen anything new. Uh, we had we already talked discussed the Baker UFO thing. I mean, that's really the only thing else that's happened. Yeah, the last I, two I, days. I'm just I'm just shocked that um, look like the crux of this episode was a story that came out behind a paywall last week. There are things to talk about, Colin Cowherd. You don't have to just manufacture talking points. And I get that he's trying to get ratings, but I'm still shocked that. That was a talking point this morning. That you think Russell Wilson has time for like aliens? Do you, you think Tom Brady does? Like, I, I just it was so easily parodied before it happened that when it actually happened, it just became like it, it's that it's like that moment where you're partying with your friends, getting drunk, having a good time, and then you kind of sober up for a split second and you realize what's going on. And you're like, you know what? This has become too real. I need to sober up and go to bed. <laughs> So uh, we did touch on this. I do want to say um, we did acknowledge the Texas emails the other day that came out from yeah, we uh, talked down there about, in Austin. We talked about that on through the keyhole and that's, that's where the depth of that conversation. probably <laughs> Yes. I, and I agree with you. Um, I, I, that's, I'm just going through what we talked about the other day. Uh, I do think it's interesting though, that like, let's say this, 
there was another report that came out today where DeMarvion Overshone went on record and discussed some of the conversations they had behind closed doors. And you can go over to Texas, I believe, Tribune.com and read that if you want. Yeah. Um, mean, like Chris Del Conte, the AD, was basically bending the knee <laughs> – was bending the knee to these players. And, like, I just – like, that can't be healthy. Holy shit, UTEP is up by 13 in the second half on yep. Kansas in the uh, – late in the – or in the second half. But, no, I don't. I know we don't need to have, rehash that. Um, I'm trying to – there was one other thing. But outside of that, I'm good. Uh, I hope you enjoy your vacation, Mr. Trantham. Oh, I'm serious. You. I'm not going to – I'm going to try to contact you as less as possible. To the patrons that heard on Tuesday – as I talked about the top, I've been having a little phone trouble the last couple of days, so it's made life a little bit more difficult than I've wanted. Uh, so let's uh, we'll get that we'll get all that shit round, rounded out by the end of the night tonight. Goody goody. Yeah, I am going snowshoeing tomorrow, so I'm excited for that. So uh, yeah, everybody, thank you so much. Uh, uh, thank you again for the ratings over the last week, guys. We're almost to 100. I think we're five or six away. So let's try and get there. So if you haven't left a rating or review on Apple Podcasts for Inside OU, please do so. Um, a reminder, we did change the Patreon uh, page to Through the Keyhole. Um, and the podcast name is Through the Keyhole. And for OU fans that don't know what that means, Gerald Royal uh, called Joe Washington uh, Smoke Through a Keyhole. So that's the, that's the reason for that. Uh, podcast name and page name so uh, if you haven't subscribed to patreon please give it a chance uh, give it a look look it over it's only four dollars a month for the podcast and some other content five dollars a month for all that plus keegan's film review so not that much money whatsoever but all of those dollars help us out tremendously to do all this stuff consistently we want to continue doing it consistently so we will greatly appreciate your help and your support so thank you all for that listen to through the keyhole. And of course, thank you all to everybody who listens to inside. OU. we'll still be doing Tuesday and Thursday shows all the way up until spring football. And we might do some different scheduling stuff because it's spring football, but we'll let you guys know when we get there. Also shout out to Vanessa house for taking care of us, even though we're not there, uh, we'll be back next Thursday. So if you're in town, you want to come say hi, come uh, to Vanessa house on Thursday around five 30 or six, Keegan and I will uh, probably buy you a beer. So, uh, Appreciate everybody. Thank you all so very much. Until next time, we will talk to you later.